to episode 316 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Seals helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alloys Rosario. Welcome, Alloys. Uh, thank you, Jeff, and I uh, hope you're well. Hope everyone out there is well also. Yes, indeed. And Alloys, I've got a, I've got a cracking joke to kick off the show. I'm sure you have. Are you ready for it? Of course, Jeff. Of course. What did the left eye say to the right eye? Don't know, Jeff. It said, between us, something smells. (laughs) Cracking joke. Oh, dear. I just love starting the show this way, Alois. You know, get people enjoying themselves, laughing, in a good mood. It just... Brightness people's day. So I'd say, like over the last few shows, you, like some of the jokes have actually been almost all right, but that was just terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. You, you think it's time to, to send the jokes back to my son? Get some jokes yeah. off my son instead. Definitely, or you know, or any five-year-old. Or <laughs> oh dear, very, very good. All right. Well, well, Alois, let's see yeah. if you can uh, if you can you know, raise the bar even further with On This Week. What have you got uh, for Well, us? here we go. That, that's right. Now now we're talking. So On This Week, so yesterday we had a couple of birthdays. One was Quadri Aruna from Nigeria. And uh, so we uh, we all know about Quadri Aruna because we know that Jeffrey uh, had a chance to hit, have a hit with him last week and played a bit of doubles with him. Um so, yeah, we love Quadri Aruna. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to stick with him as a partner, Alois. Come on, come on, mate. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Like, yeah, 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 pretty good, yeah. yeah. Like, but... it, uh, can I tell you, in 2016 at the Olympics, he made the quarterfinals. <laughs> That's pretty that impressive. Sort of all right, you know? <laughs> made the quarters of the Olympics. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so he beat... Um, Wang Yang from Slovakia first up. Then he beat Chuang Chi Yuan, the number five seed. Wow. Second round, yes. And then, uh, yeah, which, and then um, he faced Timo Boll and he beat him 4-2. So what about that? To that is earn- pretty impressive, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. Beating Boll in the, in the Olympics, um, yeah, that is that is really impressive. Love, love uh, Quadri Aruna's style. Huh? He's just like... Back from the table, just looks so smooth and effortless and, you know, just cruises around the court. Got massive legs, you know, like massive legs to, to cruise him around. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, to Um Yeah, a very happy birthday for yesterday. And um, and I, I know I know one Nigerian word, thanks, thanks to Heming Hu from... Um, from Australia, who's sort of a bit of a pest, and he he um, <laughs> he, uh, he 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 found out what the what the guys were saying when they when they're playing, and um, you know they, what they're calling out, and they call out la joie, which means um, which means like literally open your eyes, or you know just be ready. So uh, that's that's my Nigerian lesson for all of you out there. Nice, open um, your eyes or be ready. How do you say it again? La joie, la joie. That's it. I reckon you'd be good at saying that, Jeff, because you need sort of that really deep voice when they, when they <laughs> call it out. Lajwe. Lajwe. Okay. Got it. <laughs> All right. Good. Good. So spread that word around 
and I and I hit uh, Quadri Runa with it when we saw him uh, last week, and he just he just gave me a smile, and he sort of like, "Come on, mate." <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he probably had no idea what you were saying or thought no, you were speaking exactly. another language. That, that's right. Yeah, definitely not anything Nigerian. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it's very yeah. good. And, and a top bloke, like, yeah, he came down to the uh, the fun day at the Australian Open and stayed with the kids for ages. And, yeah, just, um, yeah, really nice bloke. Yeah, yeah, he really, he really was, and uh, you know, he's a, one of the ambassadors for the ITTF. So, uh, yeah, great, great player. Um, so, another, another few birthdays. Lee Jia Wei from Singapore, a member of the uh, Singapore team that won the World Teams Championships in 2010 and beat China. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, Lee Jia Wei and, and um, uh, won several Commonwealth Games gold medals as well, beating a few Aussies along the way. Um, so, yeah, happy birthday to Lee Jia Wei for yesterday. Also, Christian Carlson, mm. um, a few days ago, um, 6th of August, um, is 26 years old. And um, the final birthday we have for you is the birthday of Sarida Rosario, who I don't know from Puerto Rico, <laughs> but, yeah, but I just like the fact that she has the same na- surname. So... Um, and she was born in 1963, so she's she's old, Jeff. Oh, she's real old. Yeah, yeah, old. yeah, yeah, yeah. Old. absolutely. Older, old. than, older than you. Yeah, exactly. That's that, right. That is old. By about um, uh, ten months. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, there you are. Very so they, good. They, well, they, they, they were exciting, weren't they? On this week. Pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like it. I like it. Yeah. Very good, but. But we're going to raise the bar even further, Al, because... Is it we... possible? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Very possible. Um, now, we have released the Ping Skill scoring application, thanks to the help of uh, Jeffrey Burns, the developer. And we had a competition to launch this, and um, people had to listen to our podcast last week and put in the code, the secret code word that we revealed, um, which was... Score. So we've had uh, quite a lot of entries, and I'm going to pick the winners now, Alloys. And we have ten, uh, ten scoring apps to give away. Ah, oh, that's a good, that's a good prize, Jeff. I've been using the scoring app a bit, and I, I like it. And, yeah. Uh, using it at school, and yeah. So, um, so Very yeah. Useful. I'm sure right. the winners will like it. Here we go. Are you ready? Oh, am I ready? We're My doing goodness. it live on the show. One, two, three. Select winners. Yes. Da, 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 da. All right, here we go. We have we have the winners. Did I win? Did I win? No, you didn't enter. You oh, have to okay. you have to enter to win. I guess I didn't win. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here are the ten people that have won. We've got Mike Lauro, Brian oh. Flanagan, Ross Lomas, Marcus Biederman, Martin Clayton, Rue Carius, John Smith, Joseph Chong. John Kramer and Evan Liu. Congratulations. Each of you guys are going to receive the Ping Skills scoring app. Um, we'll send you out an email and uh, tell you how you can download your free Ping Skills scoring app. How exciting is that? That is good. So, 10 winners. That, that, now, I noticed, Jeff, there was a John Smith in there. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, that's not you in disguise, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. It's a common name. Oh, it is, it is. But I, yeah, I'm thinking that maybe you put put an entry in because you wanted to win it. No, 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 no. John Smith okay. from uh, from Slovakia. 
John Smith from Slovakia. <laughs> Are you? Sh- yeah. See now. <laughs> now I reckon you're gagging me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Well, there's there's the ten winners, and and how will they? Uh, Get their prizes, Jeff? Um, we will email them out. So if they don't hear from us, just send us an email on the contact us uh, thing. But but we will send an email out. But, you know, sometimes emails get lost or whatever. So yep. um, And the winners will be listed on the site as well. So if you go to the competitions page, you'll um, you'll see the winners there. Yes, absolutely. So, yep, check out all the winners. Um, excellent. So how did you draw those winners, Jeffrey? I, I'm... It's a random, it's a, it's a computer does it for me. Random generated, checks all the, uh, checks that they've got the correct entry so that they had score and then it just randomly selects them. I like it. You are, you are a wizard. Not very good at jokes, but (laughs) Oh yes. Very good. Now, Alloys, there is a tournament coming up, the Nigerian Open. And we were just yeah. talking about Quadria Runa. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, the, the tournament starts actually today, or the main draw starts today. I mean, the fields, I mean, it's not, we're not talking about um, the top players in the world. So, Quadri is actually the number one seed. So, you know, wouldn't that be a nice present for him if um, if he can uh, if he can take out the Nigerian Open, the Seamaster Nigerian Open? Yeah. Um, but noticeably, there are a few Chinese in there. And again, none of the none of the high-ranked um, Chinese. But I, I really like these sorts of tournaments because it opens up the field for a few different players. And especially for players like you know, these young Chinese players, they will be trying to uh, to really mark, you know, mark their name, give their coaches um, a good look at themselves, and uh, and start to stamp themselves on the world stage. So, um, so that's why I really like these these sorts of events. Um, and often, you know, you'll see a, a, a new player come through um, in these events. So Nigerian Open, yeah, starting today, the tenth of August, and um, finishing on the twelfth. So uh, we'll uh, we'll bring you results in um, in our next show. But yeah, um, interesting interesting to see the. The, the fields and as I said interesting just to see those those younger players coming through so for, for example yeah, in the women's singles the number one seed is um, is the young Thai girl um, uh, Soweta Wood so we saw her here in um, in Australia and it's really really impressive to see um, a Thai player come through the ranks you know this is this is the highest we've had a Thai player for a very long time um, and she's she's a really exciting player, and uh, watched her play here at the Australian Open. Looked really good. So, um, but she'll be up against it because uh, there's a big field, and as I said, a lot of young Chinese players wanting to uh, to make their mark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out. Uh, as always, I think you can probably watch the, some of those matches, Alois, on ITTTF. Yeah, that's one that's too many T's. <laughs> ITTV, actually. So. <laughs> Yeah. So look out for it. And again, you know, we, we always talk about this. Watching the best players is really beneficial for your game. So get onto it. Just watch watch these guys. Try to get as many good images, especially if you don't get a chance to see good players playing. Um, you know, you mightn't be in a club. You mightn't um, uh, have a wide range of players that you play with just take a look at these guys and you'll start to just see what they're doing and um, and start to pick up some nice habits. 
All right, excellent. Now it is time to move on to the tip and drill of the week, Alloys. Yeah, so uh, so last week we talked about just trying to do something different, you know, and, and work on a unique feature of your game and, um, you know, whether it's serving and receiving. And I think those are the probably the two that you can really um, exploit a lot. Um, so hopefully you had a bit of a go at that had a go at just trying some different serves, trying some different receives, um, and see if something works for you in particular. You know, And it might not be anything that you've seen before, but just something that you come up with and it's something unique to your game. Yeah, so, I, like, I like that idea. And it, like obviously the serve and receives are areas where you can um, do something there, but you can do different things like you know try placing the ball much wider or to the forehand, I don't know, just something different different that you don't usually do yes exactly so um yeah hope hope that uh bore fruit for you this week but um our trill of the week this week is a it's the importance of the grip and um the variations of the grip now Mm. this is um this is something we'll be making a video on shortly but it really came home to us at the Australian Open um, and just seeing the, the subtle variations or even some not-so-subtle variations of the grip that uh, the advanced players are using, you know, for things like the backhand um, banana flick um, or the backhand down the line, you know, how much they're changing their grip for those sorts of things. But also the other thing to think about is just the different pressures you've got on your hands for the different um, strokes that you're playing. So what I want you to do this week is I want you to play a few strokes, play the normal strokes that you're playing. The first thing is to just try to relax your hand as much as you can. That's number one. But then the next thing is to just start to feel the different pressures you have in different parts of your hand for each shot. So when you're playing the flick, where does where do you feel the pressure on your on your racket handle or on the on the head of the racket? When you're playing the forehand topspin, where do you feel the pressure on your racket? When you're playing the backhand topspin, where do you feel the pressure? Um, and and you'll start to notice that there are diff, subtle differences in where you're putting pressure on your racket. Um, so then, what I want you to think about is starting to replicate those in in a match situation. And you often find that when the ball becomes more random, that we get mixed up with those pressures. So sometimes when we're trying to play the flick, we've got a really tight grip for like we would for a you know another stroke, and that's why you can't play that flick. So it's not the actual execution of the, the stroke, it's just the, the subtle change in the feel of the grip. So it's, um, it's something, as I said, we'll, we'll do a video on shortly. Uh, but it's um, it's really interesting part of the game that I'm just exploring more as well now. Um, and as I said, as a result of watching those players at the Australian Open. Yeah, it is interesting. And do you think, like, if someone in practice is playing the flick nice and smoothly with, with a grip, and then they go into a match and and they're playing it with, a you know, maybe a tight grip, is that because of the pressure or just because they don't know where the ball's coming so they can't really get ready for the flick yeah i think it's both of those two things it's one is the pressure so as soon as there's a bit of pressure you will tend to tighten your hand and your fingers um, and that'll be one of the first things that tightens up 
But then the other thing is that, um, yes, because you're unsure of where the ball's coming, sometimes you don't have time to react and change the feel of your hand. Mm. Um, if, you, if you're watching the ball well, then you, then you just um, give yourself a little bit more time to, to do that. And the more you do it, the, the better you get at just naturally changing that, that feel. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. it certainly is interesting to see just how the grip is evolving, isn't it? Like um, the pen grip does yeah. seem to be becoming less and less popular. Like you've obviously still got Zuzin and there's some other pen grip players, but it seems to be less and less. And then the shake hand seems to be evolving as well. Like, as you said, the the changes between backhand and forehand seem to be becoming more and more pronounced. And I know you've... Um, talked about this before or someone's asked a question about do you even need to have the fingers on the rubbers anymore um <laughs> yeah we, we 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 did experiment with that didn't we uh, jeff a little while ago and i, and I, I still it's one, just one of those crazy ideas in my head but it's still a thought that i have is that's where the grip might end up in the next few years without the the index finger on the on the racket because that it does give you more feel, but these guys today, they're just not needing that feel because of how good they are and the amount of touch and feel they've already got in their hand. And um, yeah, we did experiment with that, but um, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so the finger on the rub as they do now gives you more feel, but then if you take it off, you can get much more whipping action. Yeah, that's right. And probably right. generate that's... more speed with a, with a smaller stroke maybe. Yeah, exactly. Just more racket head speed and, yeah, that's yeah. right. So. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Things do evolve. It, it sounds unlikely to me, but, you know, look at look at how the backhand sides and flicks come in and, and all the changes it, yeah. in grips and stuff. So things do keep changing. That's it. Exactly. All right. Very good. All right. Well, yeah, get out there this week and have a bit of a think about your grip and, and how you're holding the bat for the different strokes and the pressures, like Alloy said. And I think that'll start to help you um, in, your, in your game. So, yeah. yeah. I'll put a rider on that. So, if you're, if you're just starting out, if you're just learning the strokes, have a very central grip and don't try to change it too much. Um, so, this, this here we're talking about... Um, a little bit more advanced and you know you're starting to experiment a little bit more with your strokes so yeah okay makes sense all right Alice. well let's get into the questions because we've got some really good ones today i'm sure we have our uh, our readers are pretty cluey out there absolutely so first up is from uh chandra Chur. it says hi Alois. when i do footwork drills I know that I have to focus on the footwork, so I do and I play well. But during matches, there are a lot of other things that I have to think about. You know, the serve, placement, speed. So I often find myself not moving well and just end up stretching to reach the ball. And so when I do this, then I put my attention back to my footwork and then I'm playing excellent again. But as soon as I start thinking about other strategies, he loses his movement. So what can Chandra Chur do so that he can do this footwork in a game, but still be focusing on the tactics. Yeah. So this is um, so this is not only relevant to footwork. This is relevant to every skill that you learn in the game. So initially, you will find that you'll be able to do the skill in a very closed situation. So where you know where the ball's going, where you're focusing on it completely. Um, you know whether it's your footwork, whether it's a forehand topspin, whether it's a push, uh, whatever it is, you'll be able to do that. Um, in a very controlled situation. 
the important part is in your training to just continually start to challenge yourself and start to open up the drill as much as you can. So with your footwork, um, it's good. So focus on, you know, just the actual movement, but then start to make sure that you're doing some more random footwork drills. And then in a game situation, in a game situation, start to put a little bit of attention on the footwork, go away, attention on the footwork, go away from the attention and then just, um, see if you can, um, start to make it a little bit more natural. It, it's, it's a matter of being able to, um, adapt in a game situation and being able to play uh, those strokes in a game situation by practicing it in a more open way in your training as well. Mm, yeah, it's interesting how the brain works, isn't it? Like when you're learning a skill, you can really only focus on one thing like with a lot of attention. Um, but then as you practice it more and more, it sort of becomes a bit more automatic and then you can do it while focusing on other things. I always like think of the example of like driving a car. Like when you first learn to drive a car, there's so many things going on and it's really difficult and you've got the steering and the blinkers and then other cars and then, you know, it just, it really seems like a lot of attention. But then once you've been driving for years and years, sometimes you can drive a kilometre and, and, not even realize that you've you've driven past certain things and it all becomes automatic. Yeah, that's, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so it's about doing and doing, um, and, um, you know, just exposing yourself to it as much as possible. And eventually it does become automatic. All right. So keep, keep at it, Chandra Um, it sounds like it's coming together because you've, you've got the individual components, but just keep practicing and soon it'll, it'll all come together nicely. All right, next up is a question from Yuzia, who says, Hi, Coach. I have practiced my forehand topspin against backspin for weeks, but my strokes always hit the net. I've tried to use my leg and turn my hip when I hit the ball, but it doesn't seem to work. Sometimes I whip my arm and turn my hip at the same time, but it doesn't make much difference. And I'm quite tall, six foot two or 188 centimeters. And he wonders if he can use the strength in his arms or if he needs to use his lower, uh, he needs to lower his body further down when he hits the ball. Any tips there? Yeah, so Yujia, all of those things you're doing are good, but if that ball's always going in the net, it can be as simple as just the contact of the bat on the ball. And I think that's um, an important part that we have to go back to all the time. You know, I could do all of those things that you said, you know, rotating, um, turning my hips, um, getting lower, using my body, all those sorts of things. But if I haven't got the contact right, the ball can still go in the net. So the really important part for me is the bat and ball contact. So you want to get that brushing contact. You want to hit the ball fairly high on your racket face and you want to, um, spin that ball up to to negate the backspin that's on the ball. So I think for you, it's more about going back to the basics rather than the more advanced things um, initially. You know, just get that contact right, get the ball over the net consistently, and then you can start to introduce some of those extra components as well. So if you take a look at the forehand topspin off backspin, that will show you the basics then we do have an advanced forehand topspin stroke as well. Then you can look at the components that we talk about in there. But 
I, I'd go back first to a basic forehand topspin against backspin uh, tutorial. Um, make sure those things are right, especially the contact of the bat on the ball. Yeah, I, I find this one a hard... I, I found it a hard stroke to learn, Alois. Do you, um, is that just me, or do, when you're coaching people, do other people find it difficult? Um, yeah, some do, some don't. Uh, some people can get that contact pretty easily. Some, yeah, some struggle. So, yeah, I mean, it can be a struggle. So it's, it's a matter of just getting the feel of that contact. Um, one thing that we have done, and I think we did it with the backhand topspin, Jeff, yep. is put a bar across the net, but like about a metre above the net. So you're mm. getting the feel of brushing the ball so it goes up that high and dips down onto the table. Um, obviously, when you're playing in a match later on, you're not trying to hit the ball a metre above the net, but it's just to give you the feeling of what that contact needs to be to lift that backspin. So, um, yeah, so we'll put some some con- uh, some links in. So for the forehand topspin against backspin, um, the advanced forehand topspin, but then also that backhand topspin um, video where uh, you'll see the, 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 the concept of getting that brushing contact well. Yeah, and I guess to get that brushing contact and to counter the backspin, your bat can't be moving really slowly, otherwise the, it's not going to really lift the ball and not generate the topspin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely correct. Yeah, so you do have to have some racket head speed to uh, to get that ball up and over the net. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that's why I found it difficult because you've got to get the racket moving and you've got to time it and there's just quite a bit going on, but... As you said, some people pick it up quickly, but yeah, others it takes time. So yeah, so just keep at it and um, watch those videos that we put up in the links and uh, hopefully that'll help you out. Yeah, and I guess the, the last point is also just check that your rubber is okay. Yeah, yeah very good. Yeah, because you need to be able to generate that topspin, don't you? So you need a bit of grip. Yeah. Because exactly. without that topspin, it's just going to just go up and the topspin is not going to drag it down. So yeah, excellent advice. All right. Next up is a question from Jack, and he says, Hey, guys, have you got any tips on the forehand chop block? Currently, I'm trying to execute it like I would do a backhand chop block, and he finds it difficult to get the correct angle. The ball doesn't jump too high, but there's significantly less spin compared to my backhand. He says, I know it's not a very practical stroke, but I was thinking that it would add an element of surprise to my play style. Yeah. Um, this is this is a very advanced stroke, I guess, um, but... You know, if you want to experiment with it, that's good. Um, as far as um, executing the stroke, you know, um, for me, you need to have um, a nice relaxed wrist uh, to start off with. On the backhand, it tends to be a little bit easier because your wrist moves more naturally in that direction. Uh, with the forehand, it's a matter of just getting a relaxed wrist, but also getting the wrist back um, to get the right angle on the on the. Uh, on the contact um yeah so i mean experiment with it uh jack uh but as i said very advanced stroke um <laughs> i'm not sure i've seen too many forehand chop blocks ever alloys <laughs> no no because on the forehand players tend to use the counter counter top spin and it is difficult to get the feel um on the forehand um yeah, but you know, again, as an element of surprise, Jack. You know, we always we always talk about something different, and you know, last week's uh, tip and drill of the week were about doing something different. So maybe that is your point of difference. Maybe I know. Sometimes if you get caught out on the backhand side, you can 
almost play a chop block sort of accidentally just because you're late on the ball. But on the forehand side, that doesn't really happen naturally either. And like you said, yeah, people would tend to try and hit it or counter top spin it if they're out of position or that anyway. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be very difficult to get a good percentage on a shot like that. But, you know, practice it. And yeah, maybe it will add that element of surprise, Jack. All right, interesting. I like it. Good to see some uh, some different questions, Alois, and and good to see people think differently. Because like you said, like we were discussing before, some things that don't seem like they're going to work end up being you know really important, like that backhand side's been flick and the the, the changing of the grip. So exactly, good exactly. to see. All right, last question, Alois. Are you ready? Oh, am I ready? And this this is a really good question from Robert. He says. Where do you focus your attention on the serve? Do you focus on where you want the ball to bounce first or do you focus on the uh, on where you want the ball to land? He says, when I focus on where I want the ball to land, I often miss the first bounce spot and drive the ball close or into the net. Yeah, good. So I think ultimately in a match situation, your focus uh, needs to be on the result or where you know, where you're trying to serve the ball. So I'm trying to serve the ball short to the forehand or short to the backhand or whatever it is. Um, but in the training situation, if you if you feel that you're not getting that first bounce in the right spot, then you can turn your attention to that during your training situation. So some simple ways of turning your attention to it are just putting little markers on the table on your side of the table. Um, you could even, if you're, if the ball's bouncing too close to the net, for example, you could put a towel across the table so that if the ball bounces um, in that area, it's not going to bounce properly and it'll give you feedback as to where that uh, first bounce is. Um, so I guess the answer is ultimately, Robert, you do want to focus on where the ball's uh, going to. But in a training situation, you can focus on a whole lot of things and, and where that first bounce is, is is certainly one of those things that you can um, focus on. Yeah, and I think this relates back in a way to that question from Chandrachur about doing the footwork automatically. It's like when you're first learning the skill, it helps to break it down into a, into a lot of detail. So if I want to serve short, where do I want the first uh, bounce the first bounce to be? And if I'm serving long... Where do I want the first bounce to be and, and things like that. So, And we've got yeah. a really good video, Alois, on how to do a long, fast serve that shows uh, you doing it and um, putting some paper down to get the first bounce and then putting some paper down to try and actually hit it off the table first just to so you get used to how hard you can hit the ball. Um, so it might be a good video to watch just to give you some ideas about how you can do it for all sorts of serves. Um, but yeah, a really good point about breaking it down first and then it becomes more automatic. So then in a match, you can just be thinking tactically, oh, I want to serve short to the forehand and you'll just know how to execute that. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. So yeah, so give give that a go. Um, yeah, put those bits of paper down um, and yeah, have a look at those videos that we've um, that we've talked about. Awesome. Excellent. Well, Alois, that wraps up the show and what a show it was. Kicked it off with a killer joke. But what was the next segment? Yeah, some segment about... the That's right. Then there was some segment on this week or something. But then we then we had had some really good uh, questions, and just finished off the show brilliantly with that uh, that question from Robert. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions. Remember, you can always go to pingskills.com and ask the coach there. 
that's where we get all the questions for this show. So ask away, and if it's really good, we'll stick it on the show. And of course, Alois, thank you for all your advice. Uh, thanks, Jeffrey. And uh, if you didn't win a scoring app, maybe just go out and, uh, and get one from the App Store and, uh, and give us some feedback. Tell us what you think of the new Ping Skills scoring app. Yes, we'd love to hear your advice um, because, yeah, if, and if you do have any improvement ideas, just uh, send us a note or there's a blog post about the app. So there's been quite a bit of discussion there and uh, we'll see if we can uh, update it in future, future revisions. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you again shortly. Bye.